Hey guys. Um, so my name's Anna Lee. Um, and so the theme for this month um, for Student Takeover is More Than a Sunday, um, which is pursuing God outside of church into your everyday lives. Um, and so pursuing God on your own is one of the most important things we can do to grow our relationship with God. Um, and a big way that I like to grow my relationship with God um, outside of like an organized church area on my own um, is through worship. Um, and so a big way that we kind of look at worship is like on Sunday mornings or Sunday nights, you stand up, you sing a couple songs, then you sit down, and that's just kind of it. Um, but worship is so much broader than that, um, and it can be a lot more personal and a lot more emotional, and it can really um, help connect you with God. Um, and so worship is when we regard God with great extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. And a large way that we show him devotion is through singing, which is worship. Um, but it can also, worship can be a bunch of other things. So it could be like through meditation, it could be through dance, it could be through prayer, it could be through service, or it could be through sacrifice. And so not like sacrifice your firstborn sacrifice, like... You know, like if I was like, oh, I'm going to delete social media so I can spend time with God. Or like if I wanted to like put up boundaries, you know, in a relationship or put up boundaries with your friends or things like that so that you can focus more on God and live a more godly life. And sometimes God calls us to worship in ways that may be uncomfortable to us because it's different from other people or it just may seem unusual in secular society. And sometimes... Um, you know, other people won't agree with the way that you worship. And so I have three points that I want to go through just to kind of like have them in your head. So the first point is that worship is being in the presence of God and the way we can most honor him. And then the second point is God's people take worship and honor of God very seriously and are overcome in his presence. Okay, and then the third point is that God calls us not to be, oops. God calls us not to be ashamed of him. And so the third point, which I'll kind of look at a little bit right now, because I have a verse for it. So God calls us not to be ashamed of him. And a verse that I think really goes along with it is Luke 9, 26, um, which is, for whoever is ashamed of me and of my words of him, will the son of man be ashamed when he comes in glory and the glory of the father and of the holy angels. So I think that one kind of goes and sticks with the third point, which is kind of like the main theme of the message um, and the message that we're going to go dive into today, which is 2 Samuel 6. So 2 Samuel 6 is when David and the men of Israel are bringing the Ark of the Covenant into Judah. Um, and so the Ark of the Covenant, if you don't know, it's like this holy wooden box that was made by... Um, Moses in back in Exodus and it's kind of where you were able to be in the presence of God today we think of like having the Holy Spirit you know and we can like feel God with us at all times um, but before like Jesus there wasn't really that and so like in the Old Testament um, the Ark of the Covenant was how you could be in the presence of God so obviously these guys were like super excited to bring this back and that kind of goes to point one as well which is where worship is being in the presence of God and the way that you can most honor him and so a lot of them worship when they're in the presence of God so I'll start reading in verse one 
David again gathered all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000, and David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Bailey, Judah, to bring up from there the ark of God, which is called by the name of the Lord, and hosts who sit enthroned on the cherubim. And they carried the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out of the house in Abinadab, which was on the hill of Uzzah and Ahio. The sons of Abinadab were driving a new cart with the ark of God, and Ahio went before the ark. And David and all the house of Israel were celebrating before the Lord with songs and lyres, harps, and tambourines, castanets, and cymbals. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked out the window and saw the king leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. So, um, David felt really like called to worship before God, and he sang and danced. Not only did he worship, but he worshiped God with all his might, and he um, he just wanted to worship with God with everything that he had. I think I skipped a part, um, but we'll go back to 13. Sorry about that. Um, but 13 is, um, and those who bore the ark of the Lord had gone six steps, sacrificed an ox and a fattened animal, and David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a thin, a linen ephod, which was like a priest robe. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the Lord with shouting and dance and the sound of form. So this text is where they're, they're in the presence of the ark of the covenant, and David just can't help but worship with all his might. He just is in the presence of God, and he's just dancing with everything he has. He's singing, he's shouting, he's playing instruments, and he's just doing the most. He doesn't care about the people around him or like how he looks to others. He just cares about worshiping God. So then, verse 16, which is, As the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked out the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. So Michael is the daughter of King Saul, which um, um, is like the king of Israel at the time, and she was also married to David. And so even though David like loved God, he was not super well with women. He had a lot of different wives, and a lot of these wives were not like super good people. Um, and so Saul or Michael and Saul both don't really have a relationship with God. Um, and they don't really like follow what God tries to tell them. And Saul's a lot like King Nebuchadnezzar, like in Daniel, like he'll, he'll listen to God, but he just won't like follow God. Or, like he'll hear God, but he won't follow him. And he'll eventually turn back to like his earthly desires. And so Michael being the daughter of him also just doesn't have a, like an understanding of God's love and God's presence or anything like that. So she sees David and she's like, what is he doing? Like, she, he thinks she's just so foolish. He's, like, dancing around. He's, like, making a fool out of himself. And she's, like, thinks he's just, like, an idiot, basically. And then in verse 17, And they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people with the name of the Lord and hosts and distributed among the people the whole multitudes of Israel, both men and women, a cake of bread and a portion of meat and a cake of raisins to each one. And then all the people departed to each house. And David returned to bless his household. But Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How the king of Israel honored himself today. 
uncovering himself before the eyes of his servants, female servants, and the vulgar fellow shamelessly uncovers himself. So Michael's mad. She's like, what are you doing? Like, you're doing all that, you're like making a fool out of yourself. And basically what she says on here, she's like, he's uncovering himself. And so basically what David was doing was he changed from what he was wearing, like the linen ephod, into like a garment, which like a lot of people would wear back then to like have free movement while they danced. And so it wasn't much, but it wasn't like inappropriate. Like it was just like so they could like freely move. And so David's not doing it to be inappropriate. He's not doing it to like, you know, show himself in front of like all of his female servants. Like he's doing it so that he can worship his God with all his might. He's doing it so that he can like freely dance around. And Michael just does not understand and she's just mad and she thinks he's like doing it for like selfish reasons too. She's like how the king of Israel has honored himself today as if he's doing it for his own gain, you know? And so she just does not have the understanding and she is not happy with him. So then, this is where David claps back. In 21, David said to Michael, wait, okay. And David said to Michael, it was before the Lord who chose me above your father, above all his house, to appoint me as prince over Israel. The people of the Lord and I will celebrate before the Lord, and I will make myself yet more contemptible than this, and I will be abased in your eyes. But by the female servants of whom you have spoken by them, I shall be held in honor. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children till the day of her death. So David's like, you know, he's not like, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, if that embarrassed you. He's like, no, I will content myself. I will be even more contemptible than this. He like is like, I'm just worshiping my Lord and I'm doing it the most I can because I'm in the presence of the Lord. And, you know, I don't care if you think it's stupid. I don't think, I don't care if you think it's like embarrassing, like, I'm worshiping the Lord with all my might and, you know, I don't care if it looks bad in your eyes. I don't care if you hate me. I will worship him even more and more. Um, And a lot of us are going to experience moments like this in our lives. We're going to have people like Michael who look at us and see us worshiping, see us setting up boundaries for ourselves, see us following God, and they're going to be judgmental and they're going to be rude and they're going to say mean things. Um, and sometimes it's people that we love, you know, doing these things to us. And sometimes these people don't even have to be people who don't know God. Sometimes people who are Christians will judge you for what you're doing and, like, how you're worshiping. So a kind of, like, experience that um, I've had with this, you know, um, is, like, my freshman year of high school, I joined the worship team, and... um, a picture of me like raising my hands in worship got posted on the Redemption Youth Instagram page. And one of my friends, and like none of my friends really at high school were like Christians. And one of my friends sends the picture into like my group chat and she was like dot, dot, dot. And then all my other friends chimed in and they were like, oh, I didn't realize you were like one of those Christians or just being like, wow, that's like so embarrassing for you and like all these things. A lot of my friends were like mean to me about me raising my hands in worship. And I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, I raise my hands. I feel called by God to raise my hands. You know, other people I know also raise their hands. Like, I didn't think it was weird, but they did. And so I was really upset because I was like, it just seems disrespectful to my religion. And I don't think they would do that for other religions. Um, And, you know, I kind of felt embarrassed about the way I praise God. You know, I was like, 
why is it so weird to them that this is what I do? I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Um, and during this time, 2 Samuel 6 really spoke to me because I had people who were like Michael in my life and they were, you know, mean about the way I worshipped and they thought it was stupid. They didn't understand it. They didn't have the understanding of how I worshipped. And, you know, David is very strong in the way that he responds to this. I was not super strong. Even though I'd never stopped raising my hands or doing things like that, I didn't really go back and be like, this is the way I do it and it doesn't matter or anything like that. I just kind of stayed silent, but it's important for us to defend our God and defend what God calls us to do and defend the way that we worship him. Um, And even kind of like to this day, those people will still have judgments about Christianity and it shouldn't affect me and it shouldn't affect anyone else. It doesn't affect me, but like, you know, you just can't let it get to you and you can't let it experience or like affect the way that you worship God because I would rather have every single person in the world turn on me and say, I don't like the way you worship, like that's stupid and be like not friends with me than stop worshiping God and stop worshiping him with all my might because that's what God calls me to do and that's what ultimately brings me joy. So this kind of a verse to kind of close out, which I think works really, really well, um, is Romans 12:2, which says, Do not be conformed by this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good, acceptable, and perfect. So really just to kind of close out, like something to really take away is that no matter who judges us or what the world says about us, we should never be ashamed to worship God um, with all our might and just do everything we can to worship him.